The Bible is the same for atheists. The Bible is the same for Africans. The Bible is the same. John 3, 16, everywhere in the world. Reads, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But then God, after telling you his way and his will for your life, he gives you the power to choose. Whether to follow him or not. To walk in that way that he has promised you peace and fulfillment or not. He gives you the power and that is where we are separated. That's, that is now. That is where we are separated. That is where now we become individuals before God. Members of the same church, but our response to God is not corporate. It has to be what? Individual. That is where, although we belong into the same church denomination, under the same leader or top leader or the same pastor, we may be in there thousands or tens of thousands in one church, or it may be five or six or two or three, because if two or three people are gathered anywhere to the, to the glory of God and in the, for the name, for the, for the name of, the, you know, for, to, to worship God, the Bible says God will be there because that's a church. Two or three will attract the presence of God himself. And God says, I will come and be in their midst. But you may be three, you may be two or three, you may be ten or hundreds or thousands in a congregation. The same message you hear, the same word is preached, the same songs and worship songs and praise songs and uh, prophetic declarations are made and everything is done right. But when it comes to God relating with humanity, although we are eight billion people living on the earth, God demands an individual response to him. He expects you and me to choose how to worship him, to choose how deep you will walk with God or how shallow your Christianity or your faith will be. It all comes down to one thing, individual responsibility. And during this time, it comes down to individual choices. Therefore, as much as we read the scripture, that's why the Bible says, some of them, even after they were told to stand, they never stood. When they came to the crossroads, they just brought through because they have their minds made up. They have all their will to do. Their hearts, what their hearts want is what they give it. What they desire is what they fulfill. But the Bible tells the children of God, and you and me are children of God, that we come to a crossroad and do what? And stand and see. Ask yourself, when my elder brother followed this road, where did he end up to? When my former classmate in high school followed the way that they followed, did it, give, did it lead them to life? Are they dead or alive? Are they successful or are they a bunch of failures? Are they, did they achieve this? When somebody refused to pray, did they prosper? Did they become better, those who don't pray? Or are they living a, a life of struggles? Ask questions. Come on, church. Ask what? Questions. Look at your peers. Look at your churchmates, your fellow church brothers and sisters. Those who take God lightly and those who take God seriously. At the crossroads and ask yourself, do I follow the same route or do I use a different route? Because it comes down to what again, church? Your own choice, individual responsibility as you respond to the commands of Scripture. The Bible introduces us to a family of Six men, six brothers, six brothers. You all know what I'm talking about. 
It introduces Jesus introduced in one of the parables about a family of five brothers. I don't want to go to the scripture in the book of Matthew. I don't want to go, but I'll quote it. <laughs> There's a family of five brothers. Each one of them full of their dreams, their visions, aspirations. They were well-up people. They grew up in a wealthy family. They had everything figured out. Probably they went to church in their young years. Maybe they got saved in form two, or high school, or primary school, or in their postgraduate studies, or whatever. But as they, they went to church, probably, or the synagogues, but as they acquired wealth, as they acquired academic, I mean, academic excellence, as they acquired their diplomas and their certificates and their degrees, as they were promoted in their places of work, as they acquired more riches and wealth and fame and honor, they drifted away. But they still stayed in church. They still pretended to worship God. They still pretended to serve the God of Abraham. Now you know what I'm talking about. They still would give you a testimony that I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. But they, were not, they had no personal relationship with God. They had a wholesale kind of faith. Everybody's God is their God. Everybody's faith was their faith. The Bible says there was a beggar by name Lazarus who sat at the feet of one of those six brothers. At the feet of one of those six brothers was very rich and very wealthy. He didn't have food. He just needed food. He figured out if I can go to the rich man's family and stay there, I will have food. But it was not included in the menu. He had soles over his body, wounds. He was never welcome on the dinner table. But he sat together with other competing forces called DOGs. Dogs. When there was no food to eat, they were probably leaking his souls. And when it was dinner time, when the rich man would sit down with his family to eat and to drink, his prayer would be, God, let something fall out of the mouth of the rich man and reach me down here. Because that's what he was qualified to. But as unfortunate as he was, as limited as his world and circle was, in his deep in his heart, he loved God and decided to worship God. He was connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He was connected to Jehovah God. He worshiped God because souls don't deny you the opportunity to worship God. Don't tell me the adversities. The adversities have the capacity to lower your commitment to God or your dedication to God because they don't. Lazarus had souls. They were oozing probably blood, if not the white stuff that I don't want to mention. But I tell you the truth. And I was not lying to you before. And I'm using this Lazarus story for you to understand. Look at this. 
Razabas decided, my heart does not have souls. Are we together with me? Are we together? He says, I am full of souls in my body in Luke 16, 22. He decided, I may not have money, but I have God. I have faith in God. I don't have money. I don't even have a home of my own. I don't have a business and I cannot sustain any. But I will not allow my circumstances to deny me the opportunity to serve God and be related, connected to God. I will not allow my incapacities, the things I cannot do, to disconnect me from God. I may not have that house that I had. I may have lost my home because I could not pay or service my mortgage. I may have lost my car to the bank or to the creditors because I could not afford before I had money. And a lot of people have had God as the punching bag. If God loves his people, if God loved me, why has he allowed me to go through this? Why did I lose my job? And I've been tithing, I have been praying, I've been fasting, I have been seeking, I have refused to chase things, that are, you know, to chase the world. I have rejected unrighteousness. I have followed the righteous way and I've been holy before the Lord and I've sought God in prayer and fasting. I have walked righteously before God. Why am I sick? Why am I sick? People have asked that question. Christians, believers, the world over. Why am I sick? If God loves me, why did I lose my car? Why did I lose my house? Why did I lose my mother? Why did I lose my dad? Why did I lose my firstborn or my grandmother or my grandfather? And a lot of Christians who are watching me and listening to me have questions before God. And some of them are bitter and angry with God. Lazarus had a choice to be angry. There's no way the Bible says he was born with souls. There's no way the Bible says Lazarus was born with souls. He must have acquired them during COVID-19. <laughs> he must have fallen sick. He must have had a bacterial infection. And just like COVID-19 made some of you lose your jobs. Lose your businesses that you have built. Struggle to pay school fees for your children. The souls of Lazarus in Luke 16 made him look for food, turned him into a beggar. Are you with me? Are you listening? The bacterial or viral infection that came upon Lazarus drove him from his home 
to go and look for food into the rich man's house. And funny enough, he thought the rich would be merciful. He thought the rich would understand him and give him food because he has souls. Lazarus thought by moving from his house or from his shack or from his shandy to the rich man's house, he will find mercy. He found none. He will be put because the rich man has so much food. He thought he was going to be incorporated in the menu. He was none of the above. He was delegated to the position of dogs, waiting for whatever falls from the mouth of the rich man. You have gone to see your credit manager. And you tell him, please understand, I was a good customer, I was paying everything. Why don't you understand and allow me to pay from, they tell you, mm-mm, you signed. They show you your signature. Some of the landlords have already locked your houses. And some of them are watching me. I was, I was talking to a brother who came and told me he has to move to the village with his family, with his young family. And he was having a very good job in the city. But he lost it. And he told me, Bishop, I have to move my family to the village. I asked him why. He said, my mother has to cook for me again as an adult. I asked him what happened. He told me my landlord, I tried to talk to my landlord to understand I, because of losing my job and everything else. And he told me, I'm still paying the bank. The bank doesn't understand. So don't expect me. He told me, he was told by the landlord, don't expect me to understand because the bank has not the bank has not understood me. I'm still paying high interests. He said, but you see, the landlord told him, sir, I understand you have been a good customer. You have been a good tenant. But you know what? If you can't pay the rent for my house, I will forgive what you have not paid. But you will have to leave my house tomorrow. I will understand your predicament, because I'm also going through the same thing. But my bank that gave me the loan to build this flat has refused to understand. So, I'll forgive the three months that you have not paid, but you have to leave my house tomorrow or in two days' time. His kids have grown in the city. Their friends are in the city. I doubt whether they speak the mother tongue in the village. They don't even speak friendly, the mother tongue. They live in the city environment. And those kids that have only gone to visit the grandmas and the grandfathers during Easter or Christmas for one week or three days are now to be plucked out of their schools in the city and taken to the village to go and stay, stay with grandma or we grumble, and that is like taking a fish from the ocean and putting it in a train without a container of water. So the brother was going through the pain of his children asking questions that he has no answers and feeling betrayed. And he's not the only one. Majority of you 
watching me on television, watching me on Facebook Live today, are like Lazarus. They are like that brother. And you turn around and ask God, why? And I've discovered every time you ask God why, he doesn't answer. Because he already answered in scripture. You are why. Why? 